Welcome to the Theme Park Shuffle, where we redesign, reimagine, retheme your favorite theme park attractions, lands, rides, coasters, one day hotels. We will see. But for today's episode, I am joined by my co host, David. What is up, everybody? So happy to finally be recording another episode for you guys. I have missed you all terribly. Yes, it has been a while. So for those of you who listen to us in real time, you know that it's been a couple months since uh, episode 17. Uh, so just as a refresher for this podcast, we're continuing what we started in episode 17. So this is the Tomorrowland Challenge. And the challenge is to retheme a total of six different attractions within Tomorrowland at Walt Disney World's Magic Kingdom. So the attraction each host must retheme was randomly selected, but the original concept or IP we chose to use is completely up to us, as long as we can support why it belongs in Tomorrowland. So prior to episode 17, I did a shuffle to determine which attraction each host was assigned and for episode 17, we got to hear Jeremy retheme Space Mountain into a Meet the Robinsons coaster. Awesome. David redesigned the Carousel of Progress with inspiration from episode two of The Wonderful World of Mickey Mouse, which is such an amazing episode. Everybody needs to go watch and also needs to go back and listen to David's if you didn't, because it was so good. And I had the pleasure of retheming the Tomorrowland Speedway using Pixar's cars. And then, then I threw in a little bonus redesign inspired by the new Disney racing game, Disney Storm, Speedstorm. For this episode, episode 18, we were assigned with the following. Jeremy got the Monsters, Inc. laugh floor. David has Stitch's Great Escape. And I'm working with Buzz Lightyear's Space Ranger Spin. Because Jeremy is super busy right now and unable to join us for this recording, we are going to do something a little different. So after David and I present our ideas, we will then collaborate on an idea for the Monsters, Inc. Laugh Floor. Now, here's the real twist. Prior to recording this episode, we decided that not only are we retheming these attractions, but that all our themes will be connected, all part of the same universe. So as just a slight spoiler alert, welcome to Marvel's Tomorrowland. <laughs> Which oh, if, so if only, if, <laughs> yeah, only. No, if only, please God. My God. So David originally proposed uh, using a Marvel IP for his retheme, which then got me thinking about not only should all of us do it, but the it also got me thinking about the Marvel-themed land that I previously proposed on episode 334 of the Main Street Magic when Jeremy and I went down the rabbit hole. So on that episode, we discussed the legalities of bringing Marvel to Walt Disney World and the complexities of accomplishing that. Uh, what we're going to propose today most likely would not be possible because of Universal Studios' contract with Marvel. But in that episode, I did propose breaking up Magic Kingdom's Tomorrowland into two sections, a new Tomorrowland and a Marvel-themed land. 
the Marvel themed land on that episode consisted of Stitch's Great Escape, Monsters Inc. Laugh Floor, Buzz Lightyear Space Ranger Spin, Astro Orbiter, and the Carousel of Progress. So, in a strange twist of fate, what we're presenting today is actually a smaller version of that original proposed land, which was inspired by Hong Kong Disneyland's Tomorrowland, which is, that's exactly what they're doing with theirs. They actually took half of it and have turned it into a Marvel-themed land within Tomorrowland. So, without further ado. <laughs> that, was a heck, that was a heck of an intro. That was uh, quite the recap. <laughs> it was a lot. It's been a while. We've been, we've been gone two months. Uh, I forgot how I forgot how to do this. I know, right? We're a little rusty. So let's uh, let's just jump right in. Uh, we discussed ahead of time, and this time around, I'm going to kick it off. David's going to then present his, and then we're going to finish off with the collab. So um, really just excited to, about that. And to, to bring up something, the collaboration, me and Logan kind of have an idea of what we're going to do other than that we've discussed nothing so the collaboration <laughs> that <laughs> so uh either hope you guys like it or apologies in advance because we are going to be spitballing literally live for us but you know off the cuff without any uh, net and that's why it's going last <laughs> <laughs> so we can end it quickly if that's it's crap right. <laughs> all right so for my attraction buzz lightyear space ranger spin is now called if you had more time sponsored by the time variance authority I love this it. is a nod to the original 1972 attraction located in this building called if you had wings an aviation themed ride sponsored by eastern airlines and coincidentally the name Time Variance Authority, a.k.a. TVA, is very similar to the Tomorrowland Transit Authority, a.k.a. TTA. So as you can already tell by the title, this attraction is going to be themed around the Time Variance Authority from the Marvel Cinematic Universe, which was made famous by the Disney Plus series, Loki. Without a doubt, one of the best Disney Plus series so far. Um, so the exterior of the building, it's, it's essentially going to remain the same, but the signage is different and the entrance portal to the ride building is redesigned to look as if guests pass through a time door and are transported directly to the Time Variance Authority headquarters, just like the Loki variant was taken there in episode one of the series. Upon entering the headquarters, you immediately recognize the 1970s style of design found throughout the TVA headquarters, and a Minuteman reminds you to take a ticket before you get in line. After getting your ticket, guests pass through a turnstile and wind through the same style queue as the variant Loki did on the show. Walls are lined with faux wood paneling, hundreds of circular single bowl lamps hang, hang overhead, and the floor has that checkerboard tile pattern. Suddenly, guests hear a familiar voice. Hey there, you're probably saying this is a mistake. I shouldn't even be here. And as they round the corner, they find retro monitors featuring an, featuring an animated video of Miss Minutes as she welcomes you 
to the time variance authority. She informs everyone that a past multiversal war between timelines was ended by the timekeepers, and they established a singular timeline to prevent another similar war. As it turns out, sometimes people like you veer off the path the timekeepers created. The TVA calls these people variants. Maybe you started an uprising, or maybe you were just late for your Genie Plus reservation time. Whatever it was, stepping off your path created a nexus event, which, left unchecked, could branch off into madness, leading to another multiversal war. The timekeepers created the TVA and its employees to maintain the sacred timeline, and they do so by resetting branch timelines and the variants that cause them. In fact, Everyone in the queue right now is a variant version of themselves and are about to face trial for their crimes against the sacred timeline. Just don't forget your ticket. Thankfully, we keep moving forward and TVA agent Mobius M. Mobius, played by Owen Wilson and represented in animatronic form here, has come to our rescue and offers us a deal. There is a fugitive variant who has stolen the technology they use to reset timelines. The TVA needs our help to travel along the sacred timeline and deactivate all the reset charges that were stolen and placed in various timelines. He tells us not to worry about our trial. He'll work out the details with Judge Renslayer. As we continue through the queue, we transition into a room that looks like the courtroom inside the TVA complete with the three massive sculptures of the timekeeper's faces on the wall. Finally, we exit the courtroom and enter the loading platform. On the wall opposite where we're standing are massive windows showing the futuristic world where the TVA headquarters are located. To help us on our journey, special time-traveling vehicles have been made that seat six variants and come equipped with individual TIMPAD displays as well as deactivation rays capable of canceling any activated reset charges. As we load the vehicles, we can hear Mobius communicating to us through the vehicle. He'll keep us informed on where we're going and the status of the sacred timeline. So from a technical standpoint, by switching to these six passenger vehicles, we're actually able to eliminate two thirds of the vehicles currently used inside Space Ranger Spin and it creates a larger gap between guests, uh, or sorry, between vehicles. So guests will no longer have the ability to spin their vehicle whenever they want. And instead, it will be perfectly programmed for the optimal spinning at the optimal storytelling and interactive moments. So we now leave the load station, pass through our first time door, which is some automatic sliding doors. <laughs> and enter Selena, Oklahoma in 1858. It's nighttime as we travel through a foggy wheat field and the only light sources are coming from lanterns at a nearby farmhouse and the numerous glowing reset charges spread throughout the environment. These are practical targets that you can shoot with your ray and their internal lights change from purple to orange once they've been deactivated. So our vehicle rotates and we come face to face with a shadowy figure holding a lantern. This animatronic figure lowers the lantern to the ground and we are suddenly surrounded by fire, which is accomplished through projection mapping. 
a time door opens in front of us and we escape. We now enter Oshkosh, Wisconsin in 1985. There is a Renaissance fair taking place during the daytime, so it is harder to find the glowing reset charges in this colorful environment. We deactivate as many charges as we can and start driving towards a medieval tent. Uh, outside the tent, we see Minutemen standing there um, waiting to assist us as they're hoping to capture the the fugitive variant above the tent there is a sign that says where there are wolf's ears wolf's teeth are near and as we get closer to the tent and the minutemen the minutemen's eyes glow green and they turn and uh, hold their time sticks out at us like they're going to stab us and prune us from the timeline but we enter a time door just in time and pass through it before they can get us. So we now find ourselves in Haven Hills, Alabama in 2050. We've arrived during an apocalyptic hurricane. Fortunately, we time traveled to the inside of the rocks cart megastore and not the outside. We drive around the store, deactivating reset charges scattered all around and hoping the trail leads us to the fugitive variant. We pass through the semi-outdoor garden section and are challenged with shooting targets that are constantly moving thanks to the hurricane force winds. As we move into the kitchen section, we find the mysterious variant in animatronic form surrounded by 100 reset charges. She reveals herself as Sylvie, princess of Asgard and a variant of the Loki we know. Her plan to destroy the sacred timeline and the time variance authority is almost complete. All she has to do is press the button on her tin pad that she's holding and all the activated reset charges around her will be transported to 100 different timelines and reset them all, resulting in a catastrophic nexus event. While she's talking, we're trying as hard as we can to deactivate all 100 of the reset charges. But once she presses that button, our time is up. Upon pressing the button, all the reset charges drop through time doors that appear below them, visually disappearing from the environment. Sylvie also uh, recedes into the darkness and disappears as Mobius tells us to hurry back to the TVA headquarters. Something unimaginable is happening. We pass through the final time door and return to the TVA where Mobius in animatronic form is standing inside Time Theater 25. He pulls up our scores on a TVA hollow projector next to him and then informs us how we did and how we impacted the sacred timeline. Based on how many reset charges we were able to deactivate as a team, he then informs us which of the six different scenarios occurred. So, for instance, if we deactivated every single target, then we are considered time saviors and the sacred timeline is saved. The Marvel Universe stays the way it currently is, and we are all promoted to official agents of the Time Variance Authority. However, if we missed every single target or we deactivated very few of the charges, then the sacred timeline was destroyed. We are officially time destroyers 
and King the Conqueror has taken over the world. So the other four scenarios will be similar to what you would expect from uh, like a what if episode uh, from that series where the sacred timeline was altered and resulted in unrecognizable multiverse. And so you, you would actually want to vary your score and ride multiple times with the intention of unlocking essentially all six of these different scores. So after we learn about the fate of the sacred timeline and Mobius either congratulates or scolds us, we then leave Time Theater 25 and return to the loading bay. We then exit into the gift shop, themed to look like a TVA break room full of snacks and lockers displaying TVA branded merchandise. Uh, you know, you got to get your variant brown jacket. As sure. well as a collection of useless artifacts, such as Infinity Stones and the Tesseract. <laughs> and the very last thing you hear as you leave the building is Miss Minutes say, thanks for visiting the TVA. Don't hesitate to tell us how we're doing. The end. And of course, you can buy a Miss Minutes. Uh, oh, you've got to. Yes. Stuff, right. <laughs> Dude, that, it, that is so good. That would be so much fun. The, the one thing that stands out to me that you said is to take away the car spinning it, like deciding where it's going to spin. Cause so like me and my wife compete when we do that game and she intentionally spins me away from things and it drives me insane. Yeah. So for that to be taken away and to actually have a consequence to the game, it's the thing about Buzz Lightyear now, right? Like there's no consequence. There's no towards consequence how you do, you know, if you miss it all, if you don't get, it, there's nothing, there's no consequence. So to, to have a consequence and to alter the story, rewritability, yep. fun, so much fun. And all I can also picture is the animatronics of uh, Mobius being very much like the Johnny Depp ones in Pirates of the Caribbean, yeah. like really realistic Owen Wilson. And dude, that, that ride sounds like so much fun. I would love it. And, and as I was, as I was developing it and, and researching Loki and going back and thinking, man, is, should I just do something completely original, blah, 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 blah. And then I was like, man, this, okay, this setup, the way it's written, this is perfect for an interactive yeah. dark ride. It's perfect Absolutely. for a, a dark ride that sets up these characters. It establishes a time variance authority, you know, all, all the miss minutes is such great cue video information and the graphics that you can pull from that uh, intro video that's that's actually shown on the loki series they have so many great graphics in that it's video made, alone that animation that you could easily put up in the queue it's made for it. it's made, it's for, made it. for it it's so it, fantastic it really it, played so well it for all intents and purposes is a ride queue video yeah. In, the, yeah. in in the in the in the series it is a ride queue video it's explaining yep. where you are what's going to happen etc cetera, etc cetera. and the the aesthetics of that show just the vibe of the TVA and what it looks like it just lends itself to a to being done in real life and like a ride the the office feel but still very browns and oranges and yeah, dude, that would be the so music. much fun. I mean, just the yes. music from that show playing in the background. Oh gosh, so good, so good. And I you did it with, it. and you did it without Loki too. 
Yeah, and that was I, I made that decision partly because this really is this attraction is supposed to be focused on TVA. It's supposed to be focused on your role. Because that's the other thing. Like what's important about this attraction is your role in the attraction. You are the one. You're not, in this case, saving the heroes. You're not even per se joining the heroes. You're with the TVA. The TVA, you know, they're they're not in in the grand scheme of the marvel universe considered heroes they're like just people who do a job and it's really important but they're the unsung heroes if you will um and so it's almost like being recruited to go work for a government agency and and this is your first mission and it's it's up to you so either you do it or you don't good luck uh but i didn't want to have i also i felt it would then become too much about loki yeah, for sure. And again, just trying to keep it simple, introduce Mobius, introduce Sylvie. I think honestly, like, you know, Sylvie is the the real big takeaway anyways from that show as far as a, a new character being introduced to the MCU yeah. uh, and made a, a big impact. And and again, it gets across the, the point of a variant and how, a, you know, the variant isn't the Loki, you know. And the nice part is if we need to in the queue, we can always pull up information and show references to other variants and show mm -hmm. variant Lokis and things like that to tie it into the show uh, a little more. But I don't, I mean, I don't know if it's necessary. Well, no, I don't think so. Because if you've never seen the show, that ride is still going to be very entertaining, very exciting without you having to know the whole history of it. Yeah. I do like too how the ride uh, originally opened in 1972, and the aesthetic will match the time period that the original so the original attraction. Obviously, Buzz Range Buzz Lightyear's Space Ranger spin is very different than the original attraction that went in 1972. It, but you can just remove that overlay, circle. and it's all behind it. It's all behind it, like yeah. <laughs> and it'll be, it'll all be there. Oh, that's man. great dude that was that's so much fun i love that thank you sir that might be one of my favorite things that might be in my top yeah, three things you've done I'll, well that's saying a lot i'll take it i mean i to be honest with you i can't remember everything that we've done, <laughs> but, but i but i really dig that one that's like, good. i remember good. i remember two so i'll say it's in the top three <laughs> that is correct well dude so, well done. My turn. Your Ooh, turn. This is why I don't clean up because or hit or go last because you normally kill it. Um, I feel good about this one, truthfully. This is one. So where I got this idea from, I think this is even what started the conversation of us doing Marvel, is Iron Man 2, when Tony's dad is giving him the speech and the videos and all, he's got the giant full-size diorama behind him of Stark Expo. And it looked like Walt Disney laying out Tomorrowland, which got me to thinking, man, you know, if we could do this whole thing as a Stark Expo, that would be kind of fun. But I wasn't charged with, you know, designing all of Tomorrowland. I just got one thing. So what I decided to do was to try to keep Stitches great escape or alien whichever one you remember alien being terrifying stitches if you have a child <laughs> i wanted to keep the ride i'm sorry the attraction kind of the same 
but I wanted to overlay it with something very memorable. So I am turning it into Stark Industries. So when you walk up to the outside of the attraction, it's going to look very much like an Avengers building or like a Stark Industries sort of building. And I want a full-size, life-size statue of Tony Stark out front. He'll be in his Iron Man armor, but with his helmet off so you can see his face. And there's going to be a plaque that honors Tony for the sacrifice that he made to save Earth from Thanos. This ride takes place after the events of Endgame. So Iron Man, Tony Stark is gone. As you enter the queue, there's going to be monitors that'll be playing highlights of all of Iron Man's best moments from the movies and all of his coolest suits and all of his his, uh, his really good adventure. As you reach what was the introduction part where the jail sergeant was explaining to you what Stitch's uh, escape is, here we're gonna have a big video screen with a full-size video of John Favreau as Happy Hogan and a full-size animatronic of Dumb E, which is Tony's dunce claw robot that helped him build the first ever Iron Man suit. There's going to be where the transport pod was that would show you a prisoner. There's also going to be an empty pod there that will be used soon. Happy is going to explain that Stark Industries felt that the best way to honor Tony was to make Stark Industries and all of Tony's genius available for a public tour. He states, this part is just the beginning of the tour. And after this, the new lead engineer for Stark Industries, Riri Williams, will show off Stark Industries' newest tech. For those of you who don't know, Riri Williams is going to be the star of Ironheart, which is going to be taking over the Iron Man place in the MCU. So I'm using this to connect the old MCU and the new MCU as just a love letter to Tony Stark. But before, let's take a look at some of Tony's history, Happy says. Happy asks Dummy to bring out the armor. Dummy moves over, pushes a button, smoke, lights, nothing happens. Happy says he understands why he was named Dummy. Dummy then hits the button again, more lights and smoke. And all of a sudden, the Mark I armor raises up inside the pod. We're going to have a life-size actual set of the Mark I armor. Happy explains that this is the armor that Tony used to escape captivity, and this was the precursor for what would become, hit it, dummy. This time, the Mark I armor drops out, and the very familiar red and gold armor rises up into the pod. Happy says, Iron Man. Dummy spins around in joy. Happy days. Happy days. Sorry, sorry. Happy says, this concludes part of the tour. Thank you, autocorrect on the phone. Uh, make sure you have your security badges and please make your way into Riri's laboratory. You enter the theater and are seated in a circular pattern exactly like in Stitch. And the side monitors around the theater bring up videos of Riri welcoming you into her lab. She says she's been working hard to bring new inventions and upgrade to Stark's catalog of technology. But the pride and joy of her of her is her iron heart armor all of a sudden in the middle section where stitch used to pop up the iron heart armor in full size raises up for everyone to see a full 360 degree view of it riri says her armor can be operated in person or by ai if you can't get to it she says let me show you she attempts to make the armor wave but it doesn't respond the eyes briefly turn red and riri says oops hold on she fixes the problem at her keyboard and the armor begins to wave at everybody saying hello. She now, she says now she's going to show you and the screen starts to flicker a little bit where she was. 
some of the weapons that the suit has. But don't worry, it's not actually armed for battle. The screen all of a sudden goes black, and it's pitch black in the theater. A familiar robotic voice begins to slowly sing a creepy version of staying alive. Ultron pops up on all the monitors. Finally, I found my way back. Where is Stark? Riri pops up on the other screen. Ultron, how did you come back? This is my lab now and you need to leave. Ultron says, little girl, you think this is yours? The Ironheart armor moves with glowing red eyes. Its arms raise, pointing the blasters at the crowd. Riri quickly takes command of the armor and the arms move up just as the blasters fire, causing smoke and special effects to go off all around you while you're seated. Ultron says, I'm everywhere. I have control of more than the armor. Everyone's seats begin to vibrate and move, and you feel like you're being squeezed from behind. The armor's eyes again begin to glow, and the weapons take aim. Riri begins typing furiously and calling out, I need help in here. She says, I can remove Ultron from the mainframe, but I can't control my armor at the same time. Ultron says, you may remove me, but not before these tourists are obliterated. The armor begins to power fully up. The eyes are beat red and the weapons are pointed at everybody in the audience. Riri is furiously working to remove Ultron. She says, I got him. Right as the armor is getting ready to fire, everything goes black. The pod lights slowly raise and Dummy is in the pod with pieces of the armor laying around his feet. Riri says, I knew you were my favorite Dummy and wishes you the great rest of the day in Tomorrowland. The end. Dude. Right. Like you were talking about <laughs> mine might have been one of your favorites. That may have been my favorite of yours. That was solid. That was absolutely that solid. That was such a great retheme of that attraction, utilizing everything that is good about the attraction and giving it that perfect Iron Man, Iron Heart overlay that uh I mean everybody would get into that that is so easy to understand the story right from the get-go i thought your setup with dummy and happy i mean gosh that is, that is just gold right there and the the big surprise with dummy at the end is such a great way to wrap it up having him as as the hero in the end is fantastic that is so fun dude that is so when fun I Look what look what wrote, happens when you get like more than uh, fifteen minutes to work on an idea. Hey, <laughs> I, I actually have days free now. It's crazy. I but know. Like, By the I way, congratulations was... again for those of you who, who you know don't know. David is officially done with school. Officially paramedic. He's full fledged the paramedic. real deal. So congratulations, David. Thank you very much. It, it was worth um, taking a break from uh, <laughs> our podcast. Dude, I'm surprised I only missed one, to be honest with you. <laughs> um, when I was originally writing this, I was going to have Dummy like knock over the Mark One armor or just do something silly. And then I'm like, wait, what if I save him to the end and he knocks over the Ultron armor and that's the big reveal? I was like, that would be... Even if you don't know who that is, you're going to get a giggle out of it because you saw him being silly at the beginning, and it's a, a pretty good callback. Absolutely. And it's hard. It's hard because the way that ride or that attraction is set up, you can't have like an animatronic of Riri doing anything. She has to be on a screen. I mean, that's that's the only way everybody's going to be able to kind of see what she's talked about and what's going on. 
So I needed someone at the end to be able to knock the armor down. I'm like, oh, dude, dummy can come back and do that as Riri works on the the actual like you know AI mainframe stuff, and it all ties it all tied in together. So good. And I, I can just so picture, good. I could just picture like as the armor's about to shoot and then the arms go up. It'd be so easy to do. I think they heck they probably did it anyway with Stitch, just smoke and lights and. Mm-hmm. looking like you're getting shot at and yep. I, it just the way stitch and and I, I actually was thinking more of alien when i was doing it because i remember that being scary it was as, terrifying as, absolutely <laughs> terrifying god so um so yeah man i i was proud of this one this one i enjoyed writing and kudos uh, brother that's fun. that's a 100 a plus 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 both of us knocked it out of the park. Ooh, all right, let's see if uh, <laughs> let's let's see how we do on this next one. Okay. Oh, dude, so, we should have led with the crap instead. <laughs> Why did we agree to do this? Um, no, no, this Jeremy. is going to be good. This I'm actually I'm I'm excited about having this conversation with you. Um, okay. Because I think we can come up with some really cool stuff on the fly. Uh, so, so here's 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 what I'm thinking. What if Monsters Inc. Laugh Floor was transformed into the Grand Masters Contest of Champions? So, for anybody who doesn't know or doesn't remember Thor Ragnarok, so the Contest of Champions is a tournament organized by the Grand Master to entertain the citizens of Sakar. In this case, uh, Jeff Goldblum's character, the Grandmaster, would be brought. He would br- or he would bring the tournament uh, to Tomorrowland inside Magic Kingdom for all of Earth to enjoy. Um, now, what I imagine the catch would be is that he he can't ask families to fight to the death. So instead, <laughs> the contest of champions. Uh, I what I what I'm kind of picturing is I imagine it would then become a game show where the grand master <laughs> is the host so are we gonna so that's that's just what i'm thinking that's what i'm thinking to just to kind of to to kick it off what do you what do you think it's, of that david uh it's g it's wonderful i mean <laughs> i mean it's jeff goldberg <laughs> it, it it is i'm just wondering like is it gonna be a big giant screen with like a pre-done video of him i guess it could i guess it's no different than billy crystal narrating mike wasowski and it's just well you know and that's this is a chance where we have we we've got two options here we can keep it all pre-recorded and on a screen like like the current version of laugh floor or would we rather have a live actor portraying jeff goldblum's version of the grandmaster that that would be it would it would allow for more interactivity and more just like off the off the cuff kind of stuff you just have to you got to nail that though you got to get somebody really (laughs) you need an austin romero you need somebody who's really good on his feet look at you pulling out an austin saying i'm just saying he could do it better tag him in this man better (laughs) tag him in this um you know, but al- along that that sort of same line of thought, as far as the the show, 
So would we prefer to see a pre-recorded show featuring all the MCU stars competing against each other in comical ways? Or would we rather see real families competing against one another in several funny challenges right there along with like the live actor Jeff Goldblum's Grandmaster? I think it'd be fun to get real people involved in doing stuff. And I also think that you could have an actor doing the Jeff Goldblum part and something I want to see. And you can, you can do this part almost with screens and, and, and video. Um, I got, we got to have Korg in there, right? We got to, I mean, uh, that's the thing. Like we got to use the screen at some point and, and we, we, so yeah, I would love to have setups where you've got these different characters yes, and for sure. You know, using the screen as well for when I was thinking about like what kind of challenges would be involved and you could you know, the nice part is you could use the screen for let's say trivia. Like you yeah. know how they do who wants to be a millionaire and you kind of see the options and then you can try to do the trivia there or I know um when when uh, I was listening to Jeremy and Rhonda's review of their their trip on the Disney Wish and how Rhonda and Lacey did a, a mother daughter trivia little contest with with other family uh, competing against other family members and they had to answer questions about each other almost like a newlyweds type game like That's that could funny. be another really funny setup that that, that you could do. Uh, you, you could know, do like physical challenges, like a daddy dance off, something. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Well, they do always have the, uh, they always have the this guy thing in the in the um, monsters laugh for. Yes. You know, what would be funny though, if so, it would be cool to have all these games. But would be what would be really cool is if it was all the grandmaster giving himself a tribute. Like <laughs> they all end up being about him. They all end up being like, you could do like a digital puzzle where you have to like move the pieces and it's the grandmaster. <laughs> he, he, he can do trivia and it's yes. about the grandmaster and it can, it can all be about him. And Korg could be the one at the end to kind of like, maybe even like hook and like pull him off or, the stage <laughs> or something. And then Korg like assigns the winner or, or what have you. But it would be funny because that if you want to keep it true to that character, all he cares about is himself, right? So yeah. if it was all ended up being grandmaster related things, like yeah. dress dress like the grandmaster, like you know what I mean? It'd be yeah. it'd be really funny if it, it that way you could still have the live aspect of it, but you do have like a story built in that it's it's his game show, but it's his world and it's his That'd be kind of funny, I think. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, that, that sort of leads into um, also like, what will we do with the Q? Like, for instance, would the Q almost be a giant, uh, a, a giant gallery? Uh, you know, yes, admiring the Grandmaster, or should it be filled with the, for instance, posters of past champions in the Grand Arena, which would you know I allow the connections with. Uh, Thor Ragnarok where you could have like the planet Hulk Hulk and uh, Thor and you know Valkyrie I think, I, think stuff. In, I think in the way of Loki that you stayed away from Loki let's stay away from Thor let's make this yeah. the Grandmaster I picture that cue like the you know how you walk that long hallway and you just wait for those doors to open when you go into Monsters Inc yeah. I picture it being 
like Squidward's house where he had different versions of paintings of himself. <laughs> if you had like a statue of the Grand Master and like a Renaissance version of the, and just like all these like <laughs> so, but that's top. yes, but yeah. that's all gold. That's all gold bloom. <laughs> and then you also have to have his uh his guard with her melty stick. Yes, that if you lose, if you lose, that's, that's your that's you your punishment. Is the melty stick? That's fantastic. Um, now with Dude, uh, this can be so much. It would be, be so, so fun. Silly. So now, okay. So in the queue for laugh floor, they have like a little bit where they ask guests to text a joke to include in the yes. show. For yes. with something like this, yes. uh, like what kind of information would the grandmaster want to share with the crowd? Um. Let's see. Like, cause you know, one of the things that I could, I, I imagine that would be really sort of easy for people to respond to, uh, for instance, and, and they would say their name and say, this person thinks this, um, is what if every showtime, what, so while you're waiting to, to board, uh, or board enter, uh, he <laughs> proposed two different opponents and wanted you to text who you think would win. So this could be a, a good tie-in with the MCU where he yes. could, you know, in this case, for example, he could ask who would win between Thor and Hulk, who would win between Black Panther and Captain America. Like he can sort of propose these questions and people could text in their answer. And then, uh, you know, maybe he can show some kind of either who, what this person thinks uh, and then some statistics or whatever it may be. I don't know. Yeah, you know what would be really funny is if he did that and then he brings up on the screen, he's like, um, I myself have produced a um, dramatization of that. And it's like him in those costumes. <laughs> Just more about him. <laughs> yes. I, I think, dude, I really think if you're going to like get into the Grandmaster, he's such a he took over that. I think. I think he took over that movie. He was so between funny. him and Korg. It's, yes, they stole the show. If if I'm getting a Grandmaster attraction, I want I want all Grandmaster. Just think how funny it would be to see him like in a Halloween costume version, like Captain America with like a little plastic shield or something. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I there definitely needs to be interactivity, and that's a great way to do it because everybody always has the discussion of. Who would beat who if they really fought? And blah 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 blah. So yeah, that's a great idea. <laughs> it's a simple one, you know. It's like it's one that the nice part is anybody could answer it. So sure. it doesn't require too much thought or expertise because it's just opinion. But it could set up, like you're saying, like could set up some really fun graphics and yeah, uh, a funny conversation starter once you're in the actual grand arena <laughs> for the contest the of champions. Or maybe he has like a, um, almost like a projector where it's already done, obviously, but the actor pretends like he's drawing like Hulk versus Thor and it's like stick figures or just something. But as long <laughs> as the grand, because he's going to think he's great at it, obviously, because he's yes. the grand master. He's got to sing too at some point. <laughs> like I, I, I imagine too, if, uh, you know, if he proposed this question and, 
and he could then go into a little story about like oh no that that guy would never win i've seen that happen before we actually had this battle here last weekend no he beat the crap out of him like there's <laughs> you're yes, wrong yes. whoever you are you're, you're wrong <laughs> and what would be awesome is once in a blue moon real gold bloom would come in and just oh my it. god <laughs> <laughs> hey. yes that would be amazing johnny depp did jack sparrow that's true you never know yeah dude. never say never so there's such a vast potential of what you could do with that character and that form of attraction yeah i think so and again it, it like it stays true to what the laugh lore is all about and that's really all about it's laughter it's, it's about fun it's about family friendly type experience that everybody can come in and enjoy it's about laughing at yourself and being able to just kind of let loose and, and give in to the disney magic uh, of being somebody other than just who you are every day in your nine to five um and yeah it, i just love i love the grandmaster the character is just the way jeff goldblum portrayed it and the way uh, he was his character was written for the movies so good and <laughs> Oh, it was just him. It was just him in a costume. It was just, yeah, yeah. hey, just be Jeff Goldblum, <laughs> but just like this. Yeah, I, I think we did. I, love, I think we did a great job, man. For sure, I would love once this episode comes out. For um, I'm gonna put something up on Facebook. I'd love to hear everybody's. What do they think you could do with a Grandmaster attraction, and oh, and just kind of see. Yeah, let's get some discussion let's going about that. Man, Jeremy, you missed a good one today, buddy. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. But, you know, Jeremy is working so hard. That boy is grinding. He is it's, just... It's hard to... It's, it's hard to be got, a podcast mogul it is he's got so many different podcasts and we are so thankful that uh you know he's he's helped us to create this entire platform and obviously he's gonna be back he is part of the trio that defines theme park shuffle but we are happy to be able to uh, carry the load for this episode just the two of us yep. uh you know and i hope you guys enjoyed it and i'll let uh i'll let david here do our old sign out yeah, we did our best. We, uh, you know, we were down a man. Uh, the other team had a power play, but I think that uh, we defended it very well and handled it shorthanded the best that we could. So, like always, please like, subscribe, leave us a review, leave us a rating. Um, I always get to hear from Jeremy about the reviews that he gets on Main Street Magic. And then I go to the Theme Park Shuffle page, and it's the same review that's been there since April of whatever, whatever. Thank you. If you have a chance, thank you to that person for <laughs> yeah. giving us the five stars and the really yes. good review. Thank you. Appreciate it. If you have a chance, throw some at us. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll turn it into like a, maybe we'll, if you do a review and we pick you, maybe we'll bring you on the show and you can do an idea or just something. Love to get some reviews. Um, Jeremy, we definitely did miss you, but we totally understand. We look forward to when you come back again. I imagine we might have a little surprise up our sleeve for this holiday that is rapidly approaching at the end of October. Yes. So keep your ears and your spookiness ready for the theme park shuffle to go Halloween on you. We but will make up for ghosting you guys for two months. <laughs> <laughs> he said ghosting, and we were talking about Halloween. We didn't even we didn't even plan that. That's how good we are at this. So, <laughs> so until the next one. For Logan. 
Adios, muchachos. I'm David. Thank you guys so much for joining us. And as always, remember, there's a great, big, beautiful tomorrow. See you later.